0: You are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? What is new? How are you guys holding up? Um, I haven't done this yet, and I'm going to take the time to do so now. I just wanted to take a moment and talk about um, the horrible incident that occurred on the set of the indie film Rust, uh, in which um, the talented and amazing... Cinematographer, mother, um, just amazing all-around person Helena Hutchins uh, was killed. Um, a prop gun was fired. Um, there's a I, I don't know when this episode comes out. this episode may come out and more information may be released by that point. Um, there's been a lot of news and speculation from what's happened on set. I just I just want to take a second and say that uh, something like this, Um, is terrible and something like this shouldn't happen and uh i I think everybody's had the same reaction where you hear about this incredibly uh talented and wonderful artist and and fucking mother to a child and and a wife to a husband um being killed over something so stupid and uh I know everybody's emotions are high right now because of uh, the strike and because of all of these IATSE stories and the stories of abuse, um, on sets and the, and the abuse of workers on sets. And, um, it's hard not to roll that all in together. It's hard not to, to start to feel, uh, disheartened by the industry, um, and I just want to say that that shouldn't have happened. So I just want to take a moment um, out of respect. We'll just have like a moment of silence here um, for Halana and, and uh, even uh, the director, Joel, who was wounded for it. Um, let's just take a moment. So yeah, like uh, like I was saying, events like that hit us or seem to hit us so hard because it just seems ridiculous. It seems uh, asinine, and and oftentimes when you're not there and you don't understand um, the the situation, which I don't, I wasn't there, um, I barely know anybody involved with it. I know folks that know folks, and and I know how upsetting it is. Um, to lose a friend and, and to, and to lose a life over something so stupid. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I want to make sure that myself, this is what I'm trying to do with myself. I want to make sure that I don't lose heart. I don't lose sight of what it is that is great about this business. And I want to make sure that I take on the responsibility as a director and sometimes as a producer. Um, uh, to make sure that my focus is and has always been the experience. And I know that's a weird thing to say as filmmakers because uh, we are always so hyper-focused on the opportunity, right? The, the chance to make something. Uh, how how rare is it when everything aligns? You get talent, you get money, and you can actually make something. And <laughs> as we all know, no one wants to pay what it adequately costs for something. And by no one, I, I mean the producers, but I also mean the viewers. The viewers don't want to pay for stuff. Um, they're very slow to reach into their wallets and pay for content that they consider should be free, right? Because of, of, of the way that we consume our content these days. Um, and all that has an effect on the creation of, of, of material on how much money you get from folks and whether or not someone that is putting up that capital feels like they can recoup that cap capital. And I'm not saying all productions are that way. There are those stories and there are those situations where you feel like people are trying to shoot things for as cheap as possible so that they can make such a huge profit and the profit margin seems ridiculous on a lot of these things. Um, I don't know. A while ago, I came to this conclusion. And I talk a bit about it further on this episode. Um, For me, I think the most important thing, I dare say more important than the final film, is the experience that I have making it. And a big portion of that experience are the people that I make it with, are the folks that I create with, that I dream with, that I share time with, I share food with, I share beer with. Uh, The people that are... So excited to be in this industry. The folks that want to throw everything into it, they give away, they give up so much for an idea. They give up their family time. They give up a majority of their lives to do the most important aspects of filmmaking. Pull cable, turn on lights, drive actors to set dust an actress's face, learn lines, say things on camera, get behind the camera, stand in front of a prop gun. I just, at the end of the day, my mantra has always been, it's about the experience. It's about this time shared. And so many of my films that I've done and so many of my projects that I've done, uh, we hustle, we focus, We edit them and we put them out. And some of them, people still talk about, but most of them, people don't. (laughs) So if the only reason why we're doing this is for attention, or if the only reason why we're doing this is for a claim or awards or money, uh, eventually that goes away. What doesn't go away are all my memories, the moments that are just in there these flag posts, these these little markers in the trail that is my life, in the trail that has been 20 years of doing this. And like so many of you listening to the show that work in the industry, we all have those nightmare stories, those those crews that we've worked on where the producers are so hyper-focused on making a film, on cutting corners, on saving money, and they are cutting them from the wrong places. The idea that you're not going to feed people what they need to be fed, the idea that you're not going to pay for hotels, the idea that you're not going to allow for adequate turnover time, the idea that you're not going to make sure that the set is safe. That stuff to me is the antithesis of why I became a director. That's like saying I wanna throw parties, but I'm not. I'm gonna make sure that I don't have enough money for booze, and I'm gonna make sure that the, the heat is on at 100 fucking degrees all day, and I'm gonna make sure that people don't have a good time. Why are we doing this then? We're not saving lives when we do this. I hate to say it, we may be affecting the world, but we're not changing the world. And there are so many folks with inflated egos that assume that what they're making is changing the fucking world, Here's a big wake-up call. We're just dumping content out into the sea of content. And sometimes what we do resonates with folks, but for how long? I'm not one of these people that needs to leave something behind. I'd be more proud if I left behind with the kids of the folks that I worked with, the stories that their parents had working on my stuff. That to me is more interesting. And I know it's selfish and I know it's weird to say, and I'm not saying that I don't think that the content that we create is important, and I'm not saying that I'm not hyper-focused on making great movies and, and telling good stories. But it's not as important to me as the people that I get to do it with. So if you're in this business, if you're getting into this business to become fucking famous, if you're getting into this business to make an ass load of money, if you're getting into this business to get up on that stage and cross your arms and go, see, I did it. You really need to consider a few things. One, our climate is changing right now. <laughs> They've become self-aware. <laughs> these crews, these, these, these people that have been abused have become aware of the fact that just because you say that this is the way it is and that this is the way it's going to be. You're going to have to get used to eating shit on, in this industry. We're becoming aware that that doesn't have to be the way. And with all these horrible stories that we're hearing about how shitty sets can be and how much people are taken advantage of, I also understand that as a culture right now, we become addicted to bad news. We become addicted to getting angry, that's what we do. Dopamine and all that bullshit. So there's a lot of us that are completely focused on that. I would like to start talking about the good people, the people that do things because they love people. And there's a lot of them out there and you do interact with them on film sets and on film crews. And folks that care about the people that work with them, you wanna attach yourselves to them for life. I've talked about it on the show in the past. My experience is being on the Farley brothers sets. They're good people, amazing people to work for with crews that will do anything for them because they care and they're responsible. That's where I learned it. And so I don't know, like I said, at the end of the day, what happened on that set was terrible. But I also wanna make sure that we don't think that the entire industry is this way. This show is called In Love With The Process because I am in love with the process of filmmaking. And it's gonna be my goal to make sure that I tell you guys about great experiences, that I inspire you to create great experiences. And I don't know how to do this other than to invite you on one of my sets Or to hopefully uh, make sure that you go work for someone that does a really great job at running a set. That that's what we all want. That magical moment that we're all looking for. It doesn't come from being super focused on creating the perfect film. Mm -mm, It doesn't. It comes from people that are hyper focused on creating a great experience. Within that great experience, great performances are found. Within that amazing experience, inspiration from set design, from wardrobe, from your team is found. If it's a great film experience, you're crying on set and you're crying on set not because someone was murdered, but because this is those life-changing, beautiful experiences. And they're not made by accident, they're crafted the same way a director will craft a scene, the same way a cinematographer will craft the lighting, a great production staff will craft a great experience. It's my goal to try to promote that and to make sure that we're all hyper-focused on the good stuff and to make sure that we learn from the shit and the bad stuff and make sure that we're also aware when we're being emotionally manipulated by the bad stuff. Man, it sucks. It does. It's a heartbreaking situation, but... If anything, you want something like that to leave behind something solid, to enact change. And there's a lot of talk going around where people don't want to have uh, guns that fire blanks on sets anymore. That's not going to fucking change it. I mean... They could have been killed by anything. Could have been a fucking helicopter flying too close to the ground. It could have been a a lighting rig that wasn't mounted to the ceiling correctly and fell on an actor. Ultimately, that came to pass. All of those things come to pass when you're not focused on the people. You don't have empathy for the amount of time it takes. You don't understand whether or not you can physically afford... To do that thing, which is a dangerous statement to make. I just watched that Netflix series. What is it? The movies that we loved, or I forget what it's called, but it's that sort of hokey doc series that sort of breaks apart the movies from our childhood. And they were talking about aliens. Classic fucking movie. Uh, favorite top, top 10 list for so many people. James Cameron making his mark after Terminator, doing aliens. There are stories. Watch it on Netflix. There are stories about how violently opposed him and his crew were. And I think it was his wife at the time who was producing it. Um, they were at they were at odds with their their crew and their team. And there's a lot of different speculations, a lot of different stories. Some say that the crew was more committed to Ridley and more committed to. Uh, the British sense of things, and they looked at this American kid that came over and like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, And then there are, you know, this footage of Cameron just barking at these people and uh, over-directing them, you know, hyper-fucking-directing them. You know, put some gloves on before you pull that cable. That kind of baloney. And uh, you've seen, I've seen interviews with Cameron since where he's apologetic. He's like, I honestly didn't know how to talk to that crew. I I think a lot of the problems that we had on that set were because of that. But when you look at the budget that they had to make an alien movie, what was it, like 12 million, something small? It was ridiculous. It was set up to be that intense. It was set up to be that confrontational, not having enough days to shoot physically. So you're running a team ragged. It's difficult. Our, everything that we love, our business, independent film, all of that stuff is built upon rough sets. Not enough money. Got to be creative. Got to pull this shit together. How do I do this cheap? How do I make this happen? That's been a way of life for us. Uh, so I don't, I don't know the answer. What I'd like to say is that these things should cost more money. Give us more days to shoot, make sure that everybody has adequate turnaround time, make sure we have all that stuff. But can we really afford that? Does the industry, does the pay, is the payout enough for that? And I know that we look at these movies that do well, right? Movies that only cost, you know, 3 million, 4 million, and they make 150 million. And you look at that one movie and you go, well, fuck, look at the spread. But then how many hundreds and hundreds of films that Uh, Someone will drop 10 million on and and they don't make money. So it is a gamble as far as investment's concerned. I don't know the answer to it. The only thing I can do as a filmmaker is try to lead by example, is try to inspire by example, and try to set up my internal compass uh, to be pointed towards the experience Safety first, man, fuck, safety first.